Today, a Democratic lawmaker threatens the Catholic Church's tax-exempt status over abortion. The White House will not meet its vaccination goal, and a Seattle Pride event will make white attendees pay a reparations fee. Yes, the world is going crazy, but we have got a lot to get into. We will break it down for you, and it starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez. Uh, I am very excited about this show. We have got two new people on their maiden voyage on the show. Uh, we've got Lila Rose here in studio, who is the author of Fighting for Life and also, of course, the founder and president of Live Action, um, who I have to admit, I am a huge fangirl of you. So I'm very excited Aww, to, thanks, to have Sarah. you on. Yes. Uh, and then we also have on his maiden voyage on the show, Matthew Peterson, who is the founder of The American Mind and president of New Founding. Um, can I call you Matt? Absolutely. Okay. Go right ahead. All right. We like to be very casual here, yeah. and I'm, we're just going to act like we've known each other for years. Of course. So, um, so let's get into the headlines of the day. Um, so a Democratic lawmaker from California is uh, this is California <laughs> Representative uh, Jer Jared Huffman, yeah, uh, who tweeted. This was, I believe, Friday in response to, we talked about this yesterday on the program, mm -hmm. who was the statement issued by Democratic lawmakers uh, that it might just be time to rebuke the Catholic Church's tax-exempt status. Now, this is, uh, the Catholic Church has been, uh, let's see, here we go. They, uh, they've been talking about the abortion subject when it comes to Democratic lawmakers, trying to figure out how they are going to, oh, I don't know, get lawmakers who call themselves Catholic to stop saying, yes, you can get a, a baby aborted up until the point of birth. So church officials revealed last week that the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops voted 165 to 88 to reconsider the rules about who can receive communion uh, and whether or not uh, politicians that support and promote abortion should be permitted to take the Eucharist. So uh, now this lawmaker has come out and said, well, you know what? Maybe we should just reconsider their tax-exempt status, all right? Uh, now, I want to get your thoughts on that particular subject, guys, but I also want to, let me just replay for you the conversation that is being had in the mainstream media with these top Democratic lawmakers uh, that has taken place, I think, since Friday. It was Friday and then yesterday. So here first is Joe Biden being asked about this particular topic uh, in a press conference. Here is what he had to say. What the Catholic bishops have done. Um, are you concerned about this rift within the Catholic Church and are you concerned about this action? Say again. The Catholic bishops are moving on this resolution that would pre pre prevent you and, and others who've um, supported abortion from receiving communion. Are you concerned about the rift in the Catholic Church, and how do you feel personally about that? That's a private matter, and I don't think that's going to happen. Thank you. You always have to be really confident in your president when it takes three times of repeating a question just for him to understand what they're asking. But it didn't stop there. Shockingly, mainstream media reporters did not stop there. Of course, we have this upcoming Supreme Court case. Uh, so they were actually asking... 
I will give them just a tiny bit of credit, all right? Mm -hmm. Somewhat tough questions. That doesn't mean that they were answered appropriately, um, but they were asking the questions on whether or not an unborn baby is a human being. Let's listen first to Nancy Pelosi answering that question. Watch. The Supreme Court this fall will review a Mississippi law that bans most abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy. Is an unborn baby at 15 weeks a human being? Let me just say that I am a big supporter of Roe v. Wade. Uh, I am a mother of five children in six years. I think I have some standing on this issue as to respecting a woman's right to choose. Is it a human being? Yes. Yeah, yes, ma'am. So, of course, not answering uh, the question that was I mean, very simple. Is an unborn baby a human being? So I figure they just thought, let's try again. Okay, let's ask White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki, who should be speaking for the President of the United States, right? Is a 15-week-old uh, fetus a human being, or I don't know, is it a cantaloupe or a pickle or a kangaroo? Uh, is it a human being? And here is the White House press secretary. Watch. Go ahead. Oh, go. One last question. Sure. Um, does the president believe that a 15-week-old unborn baby is a human being? Are you asking me if the president supports a woman's right to choose? He does. No. Go ahead. <laughs> no, actually, she wasn't asking that question. If she was going to ask that question, she would have asked whether or not the president supports a right to choose. Interesting, Lila, how they do not actually answer the question, is an unborn baby a human being? There's only one answer, and that's crystal clear. You open any biology textbook, and it's this is a hum human beings create human beings. Mm -hmm. They're human in the womb. They're human after birth. And it just it's really sad to see the most powerful politicians, and it's maddening to see the most powerful politicians in the world today just be science deniers, <laughs> like yeah. complete science deniers, um, totally objectifying human beings, not even like acknowledging their existence and then touting the talking point about the woman's right to choose. I mean, the right to choose what? Right. That's the question. And I, as a, I'm a woman, I'm a mom, I do not have the right to choose to kill my children. They're not my property. Mm -hmm. They're entrusted to me. And I just, I'm so, I'm so done with the talking point that women are pro-abortion and that we need to be, for women's rights means killing children. No, I'm for children's rights just as much as for women's rights. So It, it, it is interesting too, because they do, they, they tout this follow the science line a lot, right. right? I mean, we're, we are to, we're really, if you listen to them now, which I mean, we can get into later, but we're told you have to vaccinate yourself mm -hmm. with this particular vaccination that by the way, has not been FDA approved, but you have to vaccinate yourself because you have to follow the science. You have to wear a mask because you have to follow the science. You have to always follow the science. It seems as though they don't actually know what science is, Matt. Yeah. If there's a silver lining in all this, it's that this ruse has broken down. I mean, these, these answers that we're getting are the same thing that we have heard, as Lila has mm -hmm. dealt with for years, they've been around for decades, refusing to answer the question. The difference is, the context now, is that the American people don't believe in science because they see politicized science is, yeah. is what is meant by the left. Mm -hmm. And so these answers are even weaker now, I think that's exactly right, even weaker now than they ever have been because everyone knows that science is an op. Science mm -hmm. is a psyop, science is politicized. And if that's what they wanna, you know, they wanna poll and they wanna keep pushing that point, then this is the reaction they'll get. And so, you know, look at, look at what we see here. These people are old and gaunt yeah. and their voices are, are cracking and and they're very quiet and they're just repeating the same mantra over and over again and i think what's so exciting about what's going on in a way if there's a silver lining in the clown world that we live in right it's that uh, when the catholic church does put its foot down 
um, when anyone makes any kind of stir, stir to say something true, mm -hmm. uh, it, it starts to crack the apparatus because it's all broken. It's like a broken machine, right? And they're just chunking the same old words into it yeah. and they're not working. Yeah. The story about the Catholic Church is so wild to me, the way it's being presented in media right now, because mm. it's 2,000 years of pro-life position mm -hmm. for the Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. this is not yeah, new. It should not <laughs> be and, shocking. And it's it's also 2,000 yeah. years of you don't, I mean, post-Christ, you don't present yourself for Holy Communion if you're an unrepented grave sin, and that includes promoting the killing, the murder of children. Mm -hmm. So, you know, President Biden is endangering his own soul when he presents himself for communion and for the bishops to state that clearly is not some revelation. And mm -hmm. the church has been saying this for you know, hundreds and hundreds of years. So that's just, it's a crazy how a media headline can create this new narrative that is actually just creating, it's like a tempest in a teapot. Mm. And what Biden is doing is wrong. It needs to be called out because it's a specific crime for the president of the United States. It's scandalous for him to be using his faith as a public relations tool. That's what he's done, even mm. during the campaign. Remember, it's the Catholic grandpa, yes. Biden. You know, I'm going to mass, I have my rosary. And here he is literally advocating for abortion until birth. Yeah. I mean, that's the public policy he supports. Most people don't realize mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. So good for the bishops for speaking out and remind, it's a reminder they're what they're doing is they're reminding the, the faithful to say listen if you're gonna be a practicing Catholic you can't promote killing God's children I mean this is this is not even a debate in the church I, I do find it too particularly heinous when you have people like Nancy Pelosi who tout the fact uh. that she is a mother mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. in order to say yeah. somehow she has more standing mm -hmm. to tell you that you have the right to, to choose mm -hmm. to kill your own child because I find that it's like yeah. but you're a mom you've experienced mm -hmm. this you've gone through it yeah. you You've had the baby in your stomach. You felt the baby kick. You gave birth to this child. How can you then stand behind a podium mm -hmm. and tell people, mm -hmm. well, I'm a mother, therefore it gives me yeah. uh, you know, great uh, authority to tell you that you too have the ability to choose whether or not you kill your baby or let it be born. It's, it's just so heinous. It's dehumanization. I mean, <laughs> once you desensitize yourself to literal dismemberment, poisoning, decapitation of a preborn child, everyone with a beating heart killed by abortion, uh, you desensitize the reality of that death and then you dehumanize them. They're not just, they're not a human the way a born child is. Mm -hmm. Then you can get up there with a straight face like Pelosi did, Speaker Pelosi did, and say, I have four kids, but I'm still for this death. I mean, look at human history, the, like genocides in the past and human rights abuses in the past, they always hinged on dehumanization. Yeah. You know, blacks are less than, or Jews are less than, or women are less than. And that's what we're doing to babies today. And it's just ironic that the party that claims to be for the little guy, you know, yeah. the vulnerable, like that's yeah. what the Democrats yeah. are supposed to be about, are just trampling again and again on the most vulnerable. Yeah. And, you know, I know most folks listening are probably on the strongly on the right, but I think some people on the left are getting more concerned about the radicalism because it's so pro-abortion yeah. on the left, and extraordinarily pro-abortion. It's yeah. also, I mean, it's not, it's a private matter. We're talking about politics. We're talking about political policy and the law. Yeah. Plus, we're talking about public figures who right. are, are prominent, who people watch. And as Lila points out, you're so right. He ran on being a moderate. He ran on being that Catholic grandpa. And if you want to play that game, as Nancy sure does, she's done it her whole life, mm -hmm. and then turn around and say, well, this is a private matter. It's never been a private matter. Don't be surprised you when a bishop says... Stop. What, what are you nope. doing, dude? You know, like, right, right. That's a good bishop right there. I, I, what I can't get over is why, so Congressman Ted Lieu, uh, I'm sure oh maybe you've goodness. already talked about this. God bless I mean, him, but God help him. <laughs> <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's, just, he's just 
yelling, right, on Twitter, please, I dare you to refuse me communion. And it's one of these things, like, you know, I never joined a club that would have me as a member. I mean, mm. start a church. I mean, it's a very strange demand that now you need to use the power of government for this private matter mm -hmm. to force the church mm -hmm. to do what you want. And all I can think is, at the end of the day, there is this kind of Borg-like desire to create a church of the rainbow flag, yeah. where and he anything can do that. goes. Yeah, I mean, so that's, do a, that's that, a thing. Right? He can do that. But yep. the whole, uh, the whole world of Catholicism. And I'm, I became Catholic in college. And yeah. when I became Catholic, I wasn't saying I'm going to become Catholic and I get to pick and choose. This is what I believe and this is what I don't believe. So I'm like a half Catholic. I'm a third Catholic. You're Catholic or you're mm -hmm. not practicing your Catholic faith. You're lapsed Catholic. So for Ted Lieu to go on Twitter and say, you know, I'm for you know same-sex marriage. I'm for a abortion, I'm for all of these things that the church is strongly against for, again, hundreds of years because of natural law, and we can talk about the philosophy if we want to, uh, it's, it's nonsensical. Mm. I mean, he, he's, he's, like you say, he's building his own religion. And it's not Catholicism. Well, I mean, it is interesting, too, because for all of the, the I would say talk, but I really want to say screaming, for all of the screaming that we heard about Donald Trump being a fascist, right? <laughs> Donald Trump is a fascist because he does X, Y, Z. And then you hear people calling to remove the tax-exempt status of a church because of their, you know, faith. philosophy. Right, <laughs> because of their philosophy or because of their faith. It's like... I thought you guys were the ones who were concerned about fascism, about authoritarianism, uh, and about you know keeping the separation of church and state. It's this very peculiar. Oh yeah. Man. So I mean, I, I look. <laughs> I mean, you don't get your calling card these days until someone calls you a fascist in print, right? <laughs> I presume that we've all experienced oh, this. Yes. And I think what's so what's what's so damning about this is they they've devalued the word, so everyone's a, everyone's a fascist. Right. But time and time again, again, I think more people in, in America and on the left as well as Lila points out, not just the right, are at least quietly very concerned about what's going on because when you have large corporations and the government working together to enforce right their their official views on events, right? I mean, they put out press releases, big corporations, woke corporations on events. They tell you what you're supposed to think in conjunction and collusion with the government. I mean, I, that reminds me of a regime form and, and I'd like someone to name what that is. And, mm -hmm. and I don't know, I don't think that word means much anymore at, at the hands uh, of the left. And this is even more than that though. This is demanding that a 2,000-year-old institution changes its views <laughs> for the sake of the likes of Ted Lieu. I would love to read his, <laughs> his deep philosophical yeah. work about his, you know, the theology he studied uh, it's to just understand. Not gonna, it's just not going to happen, Ted. You know, it, I don't know if you've read any of church history, but there's something called a heretic. Yeah. <laughs> and throughout history, they've popped up and they've said, I don't like this, I don't like that. And they just, you know, th that, that you're called a heretic because the church doesn't change its teachings. Once it's the moral law, you can't change the moral law because of your new ideas of progressivism or whatever it might be. That's actually not progress. Yeah. It's, a, it's a wrong view of the human person. And your new moral code is actually going to be subjugating hurting other people, which is what yeah. the left has done today, unfortunately. And, and, and just both sides, I think, ideologically can get so caught up in politics that we mm -hmm. forget basic fundamentals. And yeah. that's, what, that's what we need to return to. Well, um, I think, spoiler alert, I don't think he actually has read 
about the Catholic faith. I think that's that's where he is. I hope is he mistaken. does. It's beautiful. I, does too, yeah. I mean, you actually read I, he, it. He it's beautiful. Some, he needs some religion in his life. I'll just say that. Uh, we've got we more all to do. come. We, we do. All do. Uh, we've got more to come. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Home Title Lock. So if you do not know about the crime of home title theft, consider yourself lucky because that means you have not experienced a cyber thief removing you from your home's title and uh, forging your signature on a quick claim deed and then you, they become the owner of your house and then all of the equity that you have in your home, all of your retirement nest egg is gone. All right, so you don't want to experience this. And you probably may be thinking, well, I have an identity theft program that I'm a part of, or I'm sure my bank protects me against that. Actually, no. Common identity theft programs, banking uh, banking programs, they do not protect you from this particular crime. But Home Title Lock does. Home Title Lock will put a virtual barrier around your home's title and mortgage. And the instant that they detect tampering, they will shut it down. Here's the catch. You got to go to HomeTitleLock.com, register your address to see if you're already a victim. Because if you don't, you're going to wait until it's too late. And then once it's too late, they've already done the damage. Don't do that. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. Uh, sign up for 30 free days of protection using promo code RADIO. Again, I understand this is not a radio show. Don't know why the promo code is RADIO, but just use it. All right, go to HomeTitleLock.com. That is HomeTitleLock.com, promo code RADIO. Back in a minute. All right, before we get to uh, the vaccination goal that the White House has announced they will not meet, I do want to um, I, I want to talk on one more issue with this whole abortion thing with the top Democratic lawmakers not acknowledging that a baby inside the womb is, in fact, a human being and does not go through some weird transformative process when they enter the magical birth canal that, like, creates them into a human being. They were, in fact, still a human being. But, um, I, you know. I, I'm, I'm hopeful, maybe in a sense, that I see this, the pendulum has swung so far the radical way that, as you said, Lila, you pointed out, that uh, these top Democratic lawmakers support abortion up until the point of birth. They will not denounce it at all up until the point of birth. And even then, you have Ralph Northam, who comes out and says, you know, right. what he said. Mm -hmm. So... I'm hopeful, I guess, that, you know, I see some of these, what is it, Generation Z? I'm so old, I don't know what the latest generation is called, but I see these these young females who are in high school, who are entering college, who I think have seen how far the pendulum has swung the other way, and I think that they're going, hold on a second, you guys, I don't, but that's a, that's a baby, and you're telling me that I have the right to kill it until I give birth to it? That doesn't make sense. Um, am, I, am I being too hopeful here? <laughs> Am I, I, I'm not accused often of being optimistic on this show. Well, there's so. some indicators that are really promising. So yeah. abortion rate is decline, has declined for the last 10 years, the last decade. And it's at, in some ways, historic lows since Roe v. Wade. Mm. So there's that. There's the fact that there's been unprecedented pro-life legislation at the state level in the last two years, almost 600 bills. Um, and then I've seen in the last 10 years, live action, we have over 5 million people following us. Most of them are young women. And they are actively saying, I was pro-choice, now I'm pro life yeah. or they're persuading their friends um, and then the polling on it you know remarkably despite polling on other issues like sexuality issues seeming to go left with younger generations they're staying strongly there's a strong pro-life contingency that's not moving mm -hmm. um, in Gen Z and Millennials and we have to keep growing that yeah. and that's education I mean because keep in mind mm -hmm. the institutions if you spend
spend 12 years in public school today, you go to virtually almost any university, not every, but most, um, you're going to be brainwashed when it comes to abortion, period. I mean, it's just, and I was just talking to a young woman today at a conference. She said, I was pro-choice. I just thought that's what you're supposed to be as a woman. Mm -hmm. You're pro-choice. That's for women. But then I talked to my friend and she showed me this video of what abortion was. And I was like, oh my goodness, how can I be for this? This is a baby. It's like the, the light bulb turns on. Right. That's the power of propaganda to turn off the light bulb, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm very hopeful because of that. The more education we do, the more we're going to see pro-life public opinion. Yeah, Matt. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think uh, Lila's in touch with this as much as anyone in the country. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the important thing that I would add is that within um, whatever the ultimate numbers are, who's pro-life and who's not among the young, given that all the institutions are against us, that number holds strong because it's very hard to get away from this kind of fundamental truth. Mm-hmm. But the one thing I've noticed that is hopeful is that among younger people and the youngest generation especially, there are increasing uh, amounts of, of uh, increasing numbers of groups that haven't quite coalesced that are rejecting the ideology that's mm-hmm. being forced on them. And what's interesting is a lot of them aren't necessarily religious at all. They don't have any kind of religious background, mm-hmm. but they kind of wake up one day and become woke in an opposite sense and say, this is all a kind of psyop against us. So I guess mm-hmm. the word I used earlier. I mean, they, so they look around and say, I reject this kind of degeneracy. So what, what's happening, which I think no one's talking about and people should be talking about, the church should be very interested in this, is that you have groups of young people without any kind of religious foundation who are just waking up to the fact that when it comes to sexual issues and the so-called social issues, they've been lied to. Mm-hmm. And so, so they don't necessarily know where to go with that but there's a real interest in some kind of more traditional mm-hmm. way of life. And, and it's organic, and yeah. it's, it's, it's real. And I think that the, the right has done a terrible job of kind of reaching those people mm-hmm. of this movement. Uh, some people in the churches don't even seem to be aware of it. But you know, you can't tell me that everyone who wants to lift weights, stop looking at porn, and thinks abortion is bad, and wants to live a traditional life is a white supremacist. Right. Um, I right. think you know, there's, there's probably something else going on. There. And, it, and yeah. I think it's more. I think it's also reframing. It's not just a traditional life because traditions can be broken, but it's mm. it's a good life. Yes. I mean, I yeah. think people want to be happy. Yes. And I, I remember being just laughing. I read a Harvard study, their 80-year-old happiness study. So that they studied people over 80 years. What makes human beings happy? Mm-hmm. And the, you know, it wasn't poverty or well. Health, it makes yeah. you happy or unhappy. It wasn't sickness or health makes you happy or unhappy. It was being married and having a family and being faithful to your family and mm. your spouse. Mm. And that's, you know, earth to a, a like, human being. I know, but I, I, I think love my it. grandma told me I that. I know, I think my great grandma told me that. I, I, but I love that because when people, I think, have the opportunity to see that in a positive way, like marriage in a positive way, family yeah. in a positive way, we need more examples of that, um, it's captivating. And mm-hmm. that's where I have, like you're saying, I have so much hope too, Matt, because people aren't happy with the way things are going and the ideologies are becoming so toxic. Mm-hmm. So it's like a return to their own humanity. Yeah. I think that's what people are looking and for. And that's, that's, in a nutshell, that's the phrase that we like to use actually as a more human way of life. Mm-hmm. And, and oh, I do, really good, and, fr- good phrase. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I do like good that phrase. because I think that there is something to be said about the messaging and mm-hmm. how you portray it. Because the left has done such a great job mm-hmm. of controlling mm-hmm. language, controlling mm-hmm. the messaging that they use. They make you know, like you said, tr- like traditional. Right. That makes it sound mm-hmm. bad, right? right? You can't use that word mm-hmm. anymore. Um, and so they've just done such a great job. I think it is it's good mm-hmm. to be able to take some of that control of the language back and say, okay, well, if you're going to say traditional yeah. is crap, then I'll just come up with a new way of framing it that still people will gravitate to because it's what 
people are supposed to gravitate mm -hmm. to. Um, all right, let's get to the White House, which is uh, expected to announce that it will not reach President Biden's uh, previously set vaccination goal by July 4th. Now, mm -hmm. they uh, were saying that they wanted to vaccinate, uh, partially vaccinate 70 percent of American adults by Independence Day. Now, this is this was, I believe, Joe Biden's. Uh, he said, well, you I mean, we want you to be able to celebrate on Independence Day, but we need to be able to do that. And your key to being allowed to celebrate Independence Day, which is just so ironic to me, um, is that you guys get vaccinated. Um, so, you know, forget the fact that, uh, you know, we celebrated Independence Day, like getting away from a government, a tyrannical government who told us what to do and all of that. That's all well and good. But Joe Biden wants to give you permission to celebrate Independence Day contingent upon you vaccinating yourself. Um, now, by the way, this comes at a time where they're discussing variants, but also the World Health Organization just came out and said, mm -hmm. yeah. we are no. not recommending that children get vaccinated anymore. Now they're you know, attributing it to, well, there's vaccine shortages and we don't know enough. Oh, by the way, children are not expected to do poorly with this virus. They should have fine health outcomes, mm -hmm. so don't vaccinate them. It's like, well, where were you guys yeah. months ago Definitely. when there was this push to get an experimental vaccine into, you know, uh, 12 and up? Mm -hmm children. I, I think the whole key with this, and again, I, I it's nuanced. It's, it's a complex yes, issue, yes. and I think the nuance is important, but I think that's where people's individual choices here about vaccination is so important, especially with a new vaccine on the market, and everybody has different risks, and, you know, different family members who have different risks themselves. Right. So, I think, well, I think it's, you know, there's a, there's a positive thing to having vaccination available, and some being mm -hmm. vaccinated. Um, pressure tactics, I think, are concerning, and especially when they're pressure tactics on kids mm -hmm. and younger, you know, younger, healthier people who have to make their own decisions about the risk of an untried vaccine versus the risk of COVID. So I, I think this is really where public health needs to recognize the advantages, but also be honest about the disadvantages. And that's been, I think, the complaint on both sides. I've seen mm -hmm. left and right say, we don't like how this has been handled. Yeah. Um, but I don't see much acknowledgement of that mishandling from government authorities, unfortunately. Yeah, it is interesting, Matt, because I think nothing makes me more skeptical than when someone says something that seems to be a very benign observation mm -hmm. about what's going on with the vaccine and big tech is like nope you're not allowed to say that nope we're going to put a missing context you know uh uh thing on this yeah. it's like that okay now i'm skeptical of what you're trying to tell me yeah we need a new uh new technology movement which is yeah. what myself and many others are trying to foster <laughs> yes. um and because there's acknowledgement from people in tech who quietly disagree with the borg but what I would say to this this uh, this vaccination issue, look, look, it's like we said earlier, no one trusts the science anymore. We, mm -hmm. we know the game. If the same people couldn't admit to you that it was plausible, what a five minute Google search would have told you in late January of last year about the origins of the virus. We couldn't admit that that had to be banned right away. It took zero hedge off Twitter. That was my red flag. Yeah. Right? When as soon as that happened, I knew. I don't care what you think about Zero Hedge, the website or whatever, but as soon as they went down for merely suggesting with evidence right. that it came from a lab, that's when I knew mm -hmm. China's actually involved. And that's when I started to get worried about the virus at that mm -hmm. point, because I knew it was real, mm -hmm. right? Because mm -hmm. um, China wouldn't have done that unless you know, they were the ones pressuring Twitter. Yeah. So, but this, this, this is old news. Yeah. We, know, we know the games that they've played over the last year. So asking Americans to blindly trust 
what these authorities say about vaccination is just beyond the pale. Like you can't, you can't do that to people. Mm-hmm. And the, the fact of the matter is, no matter what they do, no one trusts them. And yeah. and so, I, I I think this is a a wake up call. I mean, people are not going to go take a vaccine from authorities that have lied to them repeatedly mm. over the last year in egregious ways that have led to the loss of human life. And so, so this is um, this is a very uh, serious issue, and it's not going to go away. And I applaud people like uh, I just saw this Buffalo Bills uh, football player Cole Beasley, Cole Beasley yeah, saying, I, "You know, I'm, I don't need to take the vaccine, and I'm not going to. So you, you can do what you want." Yeah. I, you know, I, I think there's a place for vaccines, there's a place for this vaccine, but I, I applaud him for what he said there. That was great, and yeah. and in fact, more people are going to say it, and more people should. Because they're not going to change their approach with enforcing big science, politicized science on the rest of us until people start taking that stand. It's tricky because this is an, in many ways an unprecedented pandemic, at least for our sure. last decades, right? And so if you're a public official, you know, you're trying to figure out what do I do? How do I do what I'm supposed to do to contain yes. this? To cha- So they're dealing with those complexities and they're getting their incomplete information that they're getting. Um, and then the public is very skeptical of what mm-hmm. they're being told to do or they feel pressured to do so that's where the complexity i just think you know really being honest if you're a public official if you don't know something maybe admitting you don't don't know you don't know it and um you know giving as many options as possible Mm -hmm. i think is important you know and protecting freedoms as much as possible with something like a vaccine but at the same time you know working to for the public good that's their job and Mm -hmm. i think that's something we should appreciate but the checks and balances of calling out dishonesty or cover-ups i think that's that's where people get really concerned and i can totally you can totally understand why yeah mm-hmm. uh and i also think that this is really the moment where you can actually say and it's true my body my choice right because mm-hmm. it actually just is your body not another one so but, even, but even there if you were I, I even there it doesn't work because you can't we don't let people do like if you're going to jump off a bridge yeah. and say my body my choice I'm jumping off this bridge I still want to try to rescue you. Yeah, fair. You know fair, what I'm saying? So I I when, I push back a little on that. Well, on vaccines. If you're going to inject something into you, that yeah, is Yeah, I don't think the government should force you to have right. a vaccine. I right, agree with right. that. Yes, yeah, your yeah, workplace yeah. might say to come to your job, I want you to have a vaccine and you know that's that's your 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 boss might have that opinion and that's their you know what they might choose to do but Yes, I, I just, the my body, my choice, period. I'm like, it doesn't work. Any yeah. situation, not, not going Maya there. Maya has PTSD from yeah. being used yeah. against her for so yeah. long. Yeah. Right. Not against me, she against the children. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm fine, but the children aren't. Um, all right, we've got more to come. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Built Bar. So if you guys have not gotten on the Built Bar bandwagon, you're missing out, especially if you are a chocolate lover like I am. All of their Built Bars, they're, by the way, protein bars, so they're going to be high in, uh, high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories and carbs. They're all covered in 100% chocolate. So you feel like you're eating a candy bar, but it's not going to expand your waistline and it is actually healthy for you. Although I will say, I think if you eat like five a day, you may, like it may not, you probably don't want to do that. Okay. You don't want to eat five built Bars a day, but you could have one for breakfast. You could have another one for lunch. You might be like me and you're driving home uh, at the end of the day and you're like, how many built Bars have I had today? Can I have another one? 
I don't know. We, I don't like to talk about that. Uh, but uh, you got to try it if you have not yet tried it. We've gotten so many reviews from so many viewers out there. You guys are loving Built Bar. By the way, if you don't know what flavor you want to buy, you can get a mix box and you can try two of each of the nine flavors that you choose. All you have to do is go to Built.com. They've got a new URL. It is Built.com. Easier to remember. Use promo code NEWS15. You'll save 10% off of your order with promo code NEWS15 only at BuiltBuilt.com. Former President Barack Obama's uh, one of the task force members on the 21st century policing uh, raised eyebrows. Let me just put it to you that way. Whenever she uh, insisted that um, defunding the police, you know, this is a movement that has kind of been sweeping the nation, that defunding the police, we need to do it because police are all white supremacists. Forget that there are actually, you know, uh, black police officers, Hispanic police officers. They're not all white people, but that is all well and good. But they're all white supremacists. They're all horrible people. They want to kill black people. We are being told all of this. So there was this push to defund the police. Well, unsurprisingly, violent crime rose. Um, and then you saw all of these cities go, okay, well, maybe we need to refund the police again. We're going to actually allocate more money to go to these police departments because it turns out that taking money away from them does not do the trick. Well, this particular uh, activist who formerly worked for President Barack Obama is now an MSNBC contributor. This is Brittany Packnett Cunningham. She has a very interesting philosophy for why uh, police officers are actually the ones who are responsible for that that spike in the violent crime, not the defund the police movement watch. I think that there are a lot of police unions and GOP operatives that would like for us to believe that this recent crime wave has everything to do with this idea of defunding the police. But guess what, Stephanie? The police haven't been defunded. You actually look at the 50 largest cities law enforcement spending as a share of the general expenditure in each of those cities actually rose slightly from 13.6% to 13.7%. And many of the cities that have talked about removing that money, like Minneapolis, in Seattle, they've actually paused or slowed how they were thinking about moving that money. So this rising crime is not the fault of the movement. It's actually the fault of the police. And this has been our point all along. Why should we keep funding systems and institutions that keep rendering themselves ineffective? We should be talking about gun control, livable wages, fair housing, education. That's where we should be moving the money to, to ensure truly safe streets. Uh, you know, Matt, this is what I, I talked about when I said they control the language so efficiently, I might add. They, they do a very good job of controlling the language. Well, they're not actually defunding the police because they're just slowing uh, the way that they're allocating the money. Actually, it's the police officer's fault. Yeah, well, I forget. I mean, I thought they... They weren't defunding the police. Remember, defund the police didn't mean that's defund right. the police, and then it did mean defund the police that's again. That's right. And now that's the problem. I mean, look, I'm actually uh, an accelerationist on this. I mean, I'm all for it. You, you go nuts. Go ahead. I already moved from California to Texas. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm. Go ahead. Yeah. Please defund Do your little it. science experiment. Keep going and see because what the experiment is 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 working beautifully. That's why everyone's moving. Mm-hmm. So just just keep going with it, and maybe we'll learn a lesson. I have no problem with. With this, if, um, if if we just push this until there's no police, that'll be great, and we'll see. We already know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you already see this in California. You will have 
wealthy people hiring private security as they are in their neighborhoods yeah. well law and order falls apart around them and uh, you know the, 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 the great lie of the last year um, the great untruth or really just the, the hidden truth is why is everyone moving yeah, right I mean they're moving because of the virus and the pandemic Mm. Um, they're moving because of everything other than being really scared about crime in their city, right? Mm. So I, I don't think this works overall. I, I mean, I think this, this has a, an equal and opposite reaction. We see that playing out. And um, I don't see them, them stopping with this either. Um, they're very much entrenched in, in some of these cities, the people who believe this. And, you know, even, even a responsible lefty, right, a responsible uh, Democratic mayor will actually, we, we published one in the American Mind, will actually say no, Defunding the police is a bad idea. Any yeah. responsible leader yeah. will, will actually lay that out. But if we don't want to be responsible and we want to play these games, by all means, go nuts. Mm. Take away the police. Yeah. Well, and yeah. I think the solution is complex. And I, I'm not an expert, but from those that are responsible mayors mm. or people who it's their job to solve these problems, it can involve better training for police, empowering social workers who are equipped to deal with mental health issues. And I do agree, it does involve improving education and working conditions for those that are lower socioeconomic groups in communities because there are connections if you grow up in a crime-ridden neighborhood and that's your you know there is a, a school to prison you know shoot for you that does happen so I think that it, the, the solution and I think for conservatives who are listening we have to be comprehensive in our solution like yes do we need a police yes we need police but we need more than police and mm -hmm. I think that should be the conversation not so much defund or don't defund but the bigger picture of how do we actually solve the problems of improving our cities mm -hmm. you know I was living in Los Angeles in downtown Los Angeles and um, we left and it was just heartbreaking to see mm -hmm. a city try to come back to life yeah. to only be smashed to bits again and you know the, the 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 suffering of the homeless on the street corners when there are these high-rise fancy buildings on the mm -hmm. same corners how do we improve conditions for everyone here and mm -hmm. that's hard it's messy mm -hmm. it requires compromise it requires nuance but I think that should be the conversation instead of these um, battles over overly simplistic positions being pitted against each other instead of diving into the nuance of how do we yeah. improve our communities yeah we I mean we should say though I mean it's uh, I like what you said about the homeless I mean I don't know how people think it's humane to have all these people living this yeah. way uh, in public in the middle of a city mm -hmm. um, how do people think that's humane for them right I mean it, this is a crazy idea but similarly when it comes to the police we should note most people who live in those crime minded neighborhoods do not want to defund the police right. of course and, and, yeah. and so so there really is even in their yeah. simplistic mantra right I mean this is not they do not represent the black community yeah. the Hispanic community and or I any think other it's a community. fringe I think they get a lot of noise I think there's you know a noise on both sides and I think the on the side of defund the police that kind of language is highly charged and it's you know it's loud but you talk to like you said the Democratic mayor you talk to everyday people trying to make their cities better and they're looking at a more comprehensive solution and mm -hmm. it's not just a talking point yeah. uh, all right we've got more to come but we got to take a break we'll be back sorry guys i'm your moderate today a seattle lgbt pride event this is called taking black Pride is seeking to charge white attendees a $10 to $50 reparations fee. This is, they say, in order to, quote, keep the event free of cost 
for black and brown, trans and queer communities. Now, um, there were some organizers who complained. Uh, the Seattle Human Rights Commission, which I think is just crazy, this, the Seattle Human <laughs> Rights Commission, that's actually a thing that exists. Uh, they blasted these people on social media uh, in a tweet that included their unredacted phone number and the pair were forced to apologize. So we are now at a place where white people are actually being charged a reparations fee for attending. By the way, they're like, in, I mean, by these people's own definition, these are allies, mm -hmm. right? These are allies. These are people who are coming out in support of them. It's not enough, though. They said um, that, uh, that, that they have to pay a reparations fee. And if you call this reverse racism, which, by the way, I don't think exists. There's no such thing as reverse racism. There's only racism. And you can be racist or you can not be racist. But reverse racism doesn't make much sense to me. Um, if you call this reverse racism or racism itself, you will be blasted by the uh, by the Human Rights Commission of Seattle. I, can you I it just it's hard for me to believe in 2021 that we are actually discussing this story. This is how far we've come. Martin Luther King Jr. would be rolling around in his grave. Lila. I mean, I, I don't know if this is going to be a popular opinion right here, but I think by virtually any standard, the black community in this country is suffering. And to say that it has nothing to do with our history, I think is wild um, and, and untrue. So I do think there needs to be, I think the conversations about reparations that some people try to have, it's based on the fact that the black community is suffering. If you're a black kid, your opportunities compared to a white kid are just not the same, you know, and your, your health outcomes, your, your educational outcomes, your poverty, you know, your wealth outcomes are all not as good. Even a, a black woman is three to five times more likely than a white woman to have an abortion. But would you blame that country. on racism? I think institutionalized racism in our history is absolutely a part of that legacy, yes. And I think for us to pretend that it has nothing to do with it, I, I, I understand the spirit of that, of that mm -hmm. idea, which is to say, we don't want to perpetuate racism into the future. Mm -hmm. So I understand your points about reverse racism. We, we don't want to flip the other way or to say, let's just get stay obsessed with race our entire history. Right. But I do think we have to reckon with the hurt that exists in the black community and the fact that there have been policies, Jim Crow policies before that slavery that really damaged the black family and damaged black, black, black futures. Yeah. So, and to have that conversation isn't racist. That's the other thing. Like to have that conversation isn't racist, and I think it's a it's a way forward. Yeah. I and I I don't think that you know you can't discredit that. Obviously, there were some hurts that occurred during Jim Crow. I oh, just big time. I, yeah, I mean, yeah. devastating. I, I just, redlining and I mean segregation, I, everything. I just wonder, Matt, how far can you take that? How many generations can you take that before you say, okay, hold on, is this really a hindrance to you actually moving forward by focusing on what happened in the past? Well, look, We've these, are, these are big questions, but so I just want to go back to this original incident. The, the fact of the matter is, it already is whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. Reverse racism, I mean, it's anti-white. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. that, that's just what the books say. I mean, yeah. they're talking about whiteness as if it's evil. Um, that is what's being perpetrated in many cases in the schools. Um, you can read those documents, and that is the solution on the table. The solution on the table to racial uh, tension is uh, saying, okay, let's go with this. White people are bad, and by the way, other people are bad too, and let's create weird racialized hi hierarchies, and let's start to enforce them with the power of law or in kind of uh, acts of you know, struggle sessions and acts of uh, obeisance to various powers and identities. 
And so what you get in this example is, is precisely that. Um, reparations will mean you give me money. Um, you know, and, and the problem is that is something that can easily rip a society apart. Mm. Uh, and you're going to see it happen. You're going to see um, some kind of reparations in California, I'm sure. And I think the spirit of it will be very much uh, the spirit of a, of a kind of weird revenge, right, rather than something that heals us. And so this is very disturbing because this kind of thing is happening all over. And, you know, it's, it, because the allies are white, right, the way to be an ally is to give money right. and be singled out because of your race or ethnicity. And if we think that that's a solution <laughs> to, yeah. to racial tensions in this country, right, yeah. <laughs> we got another thing coming I, because yeah, this, is, this is fomenting division in a very deep and dark way. And uh, I think, you know, most Americans do not want this, but, yeah. but it is being pushed upon them by, by many radicals. And it's, it's a very disturbing trend. Yeah. All I right. That, I, 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 I'm yeah. sorry. I hate to cut you off. We got to take a break, though. All right. We'll be back. Sorry. <laughs> Brandon, All right, Lila, I want to give you last word on this, and then I want to make sure yeah. everyone knows where to find your book. Go. Thank you. So last word on it is there's going to be a lot of maybe crazy solutions to the plight of blacks in America that mm -hmm. we might, you know, people will criticize but this and that. I think the solution is to get a better solution. How do we uplift our neighbors um, and those who are struggling? And that should be the focus, I think, of conservatives. That should be the conversation. And my book, Fighting yes. for Life, is about <laughs> solutions, how to become a force for change in a wounded world. 27 steps I've learned. I'm still learning for how to make a difference in the world, make it better. Um, hope it's encouraging to you and it inspires you. Yes, Fighting for Life. Make sure you can get it uh, anywhere you can find your book. Books, Fighting right? for Life. Amazon, <laughs> wherever you need to go. And don't forget to join uh, Blaze TV. Go to blazetv.com. Use promo code NEWS. Matt, thank you as well for joining us. Thank it was you a so pleasure. much. Thanks for listening to the News and Why It Matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.